Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. giving the call some local context. <laughs> I don't understand. You handed me this and I was supposed to read it, but I don't know what. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? Anchorman. For the last time, if you put it on the prompter, Burgundy will read it. For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read. Just for clarification purposes, I do not have a teleprompter. But someone handed me this script and said, you need to read this. Well, I didn't reread it, and I didn't really know what I was reading. And so, you know, uh, let's strike that from the record. Just call me. 60% of the time, it works every time. Well, that was some quality radio, quality audio for your for your listening pleasure. Dump out, dump out. Hello, Edward. Ron, I've got to fire you. Well, I've got to fire you. Bing, boom, boom. You're fired, Ed. <laughs> this is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. I'm going to treat her like a lady. You've been to me, Lord. Treat her like a lady. Treat her like you failed to do this. Don't blame From the After Hours Super Secret Home Base. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Uh, second show of the return, if you will. And I'm not sure I've seen more traffic on a podcast, at least not this year, uh, than we got on the podcast from our first show back Christmas night into the morning of December 26th. So just about 24 hours ago, you all blew up my social media. And again, our podcast got a ton of hits. So thank you for caring. Many of you are still asking, when do we get the wedding story? stories actually there's there's plenty you know it's me come on it's me (laughs) we're gonna wait until next week sometime probably midweek maybe the hump show and we will designate it as the wedding show and we'll warn people it's like one of those one-off shows and if what you're looking for is nfl talk and what you're looking for watch watch something crazy happen I well, I'm not going to even speak it because I don't know, uh, but some nutso storyline in the NFL that completely blows up the whole plan. That's pretty much typical of the NFL and live radio. But we will designate a show next week as the wedding show. And that way it will be all contained and we'll have it on podcast for people who don't hear it live. Uh, As for the photos, many of you are still asking me, when do we get photos? Some of you have actually told me what photos you'd like to see. Uh, When are we going to see them? I... Don't know that you are going to see them anytime soon. Uh, This was a decision that my new husband and I made about the wedding. We asked family and friends to not post any photos on social media. To the best of my knowledge, none of them have been posted on social media. Oh, funny enough, 
my two really good friends from high school who were at the wedding. Not only were they at the wedding, but they stayed at the house with my family and I and really helped implement some of the the wedding weekend plans that we had. Uh, One of them, Stephanie, my best friend since age 13, she and I made the cupcakes on Saturday morning. And so we started from scratch early Saturday morning and went through that whole process, finished decorating late on Saturday evening. And so my friends, Stephanie and Carrie were really just, they were so key. They were so instrumental in not just helping out my mom, hosting 30 people at her house on Saturday evening. It was supposed to be 20. I told her it was no more than 20, but really a reunion and a get together with family and friends on my side, who in some cases we hadn't seen in over a decade. And to be all together in one place was awesome. Both of my brothers being there together uh, was just, it was amazing. But without Stephanie and Carrie, a lot of this wouldn't have been done. Uh, My sister-in-law was awesome as well. She was constantly on the move, doing dishes and cleaning up and everything else. And so those two friends of mine, they they were awesome. Uh, and I couldn't have done it. We couldn't have done it without them. Uh, and so they have already said to me, oh, when's your wedding show going to be? And, you know, how are we going to do this? And blah, blah, blah. We want to hear what you have to say about the show. Anyway, they were sitting in the same place in the chapel when I started to walk down the aisle. Uh, and apparently before... Because I had asked them specifically, will you take photos inside the chapel and inside the barn where we're holding the reception? Because I'm not going to have my phone. Uh, I'm not going to be able to take photos. It'll be the last thing on my mind. And I really want some photos so that I can see what it looks like, even before we get the official photographer photos. And so the two of them are taking photos before the ceremony begins. And another friend of mine who was there and sitting behind them actually reached up and tapped Carrie on the shoulder and said, hey, uh, you're not supposed to be taking photos. Amy doesn't want any photos at the wedding. I think she'd be really upset. Now, Carrie obviously knew that was not the case, that it was only about not putting the photos on social media, but it was really funny. So people were actually spreading the word at the wedding, no photos on social media. I do not believe, I'm sorry to disappoint you, I do not believe that I will share any photos from the actual wedding on either Twitter or Facebook. Uh, There will be a couple photos on my blog. Um, I don't have time to do it this week because of the move, but my new idea for my first blog post in 2024 is top 10 memories from wedding weekend. And maybe top 10 snafus from wedding weekend would be another cool blog post because trust me, there were many. (laughs) You know what I said last hour about Cade Cunningham and trying to keep the main thing the main thing and be thankful for everything that is going right and be thankful for the positives instead of focusing on the negatives and the mistakes and the miscues and what you can't control. Well, right. That... (laughs) That's happening with me as I reflect still on wedding weekend and the number of things that did not go as planned, but it was still perfect because of the end result. It was still perfect because of the people who were there. I had said over and over, I don't want a a magazine that looks like it came out of a, of a, I'm sorry, I got that backwards. I don't want a wedding ceremony or a reception that looks like it came out of a magazine. I'm not looking for pristine or perfect. I'm looking for personal. I'm looking for the people to know how much we love them and we appreciate them. And many of them have said to me, wait, stuff went wrong? What are you talking about? We had no idea. But Bob and I know because 
<laughs> because we had some plans in place that just didn't come to fruition. Anyway, we wouldn't change a thing because the people that we love were there and they all had a great time. Uh, but yeah, I could also do a blog post on the top 10 snafus from wedding weekend. Anyway, there will be photos on my blog. Uh, Bob and I have made the decision together to not put his face on social media, not just because of AI, though that's a more recent development uh, that can certainly, it, w- with facial recognition technology, it can certainly indicate who he is and where he, is, you know, where he's from and his last name and expose his family and all those things that I don't want to do. Uh, you all know I'm very protective of my family and my family's privacy. I choose to do this job. I choose to be in the public eye. My family does not. And because I I care about them so much, my nieces, my mom, my Grammy Helen when she was still alive, and now Bob and his family I'm very careful about giving any identifying uh, information or intel. And in this case, I'm just not comfortable putting his photo up on social media. I don't mind that people will look at my photo and tell me all the things that they like and dislike about my appearance. Because again, I'm used to it. I chose to be in this profession and to walk this public road, but he did not. And I would be mortified and furious and upset and and would not be able to do anything about it if I throw his photo up on social and all of a sudden people decide they want to weigh in about my choice of a husband, right? Just based on what his photo looks like. Screw you. That's not going to happen. And I know the majority of people are very kind, but trust me when I say there are always a few bad apples that ruin the whole thing. And so we don't want a, a a wedding that is is public or is on social media. We again made that choice before we got married, and he and I both agree that we're going to be really careful about what we post uh, for you know for us moving forward on social. He does not have a presence on social media. He he checks Twitter. He sees the posts. I show him the posts that I put up. But for the most part, I think it'll be photos of maybe places and arrangements and flowers. If you haven't seen the flowers, uh, they're up on both Twitter and Facebook because they're right behind me here in the After Hours Super Secret Home Base. We are taking them with us back to New Jersey and we'll figure out what to do with them. Uh, Some of the bouquets, we actually gave two of the bouquets away to our moms for Christmas presents. Uh, And so we're just, we're being really careful. It's again, my choice to be a public figure, not his. And we want to protect our family, but also we want to protect uh, his family as well, because they're all new to this. Though I, I tell you, they love the podcast. Uh, they listen and watch the videos on YouTube. And so they're pretty into it as well. But we're just being careful and pretty meticulous about what we share publicly. And I appreciate you understanding. The cat, however, she has no say in it. So you can check out her photo on Twitter, A Law Radio, also on our Facebook page. There is good news from the home front. Uh, she is still alive and kicking, she is still purring. My friend Paula, who actually traveled here for the wedding, uh, she's taking care of her. And Paula and Sugar are fast friends. And so for that reason, I'm grateful to get photos uh, from home because Paul is checking on the house and the cat and everything else daily and, and sends me updates. Also, Sugar loves it when she speaks to her in Finnish. <laughs> Paul is Finnish. And so she speaks to her in her native language and Sugar thinks that's super cool. 
So yeah, you can check it out on either Twitter or Facebook, but good news, sugar is alive and well and still purring, though no doubt I'm in for it when I get home on Saturday with another person and another dog in tow. Rut row. <laughs> if you have any advice, just let me know. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. Uh, in light of the Detroit Pistons losing their 27th consecutive game this season, which is an NBA record, they obviously, they have not lost since, no, they've not won. They've not lost since, you know, a few hours ago. They haven't won since Opening night in their own stadium. We're talking about two months of record futility. In light of that, these Detroit Pistons, if they lose to the Celtics on Thursday evening, I think it's Thursday evening they play. If they lose to the Celtics in mere hours, they will tie the longest losing skid that spans seasons. Okay, so this one is a single season losing skid. No team has won 27 in a row in a single season. 28 in a row is the record regardless of season, right? It, it, it goes from one season to the next. That's the record, but it's 28 in a row. If the, the Celtics beat the Pistons, then they will tie that dubious mark. In light of that, I want to know, who are the worst teams in sports history? Because this one has got to qualify. Who are the worst teams in sports history? And I will put up a post uh, on both Twitter and Facebook where you can answer, because I know you're already going there to check out my frustrated and annoyed feline. (laughs) No, she's sweet. She'll be okay. But Sugar's just very social and she doesn't like to be alone. And so I'm going to get an earful for days when I finally get home. But she's all right. She's got people checking on her. I've actually had multiple friends, three different friends who are going in or checking on her on a regular basis. But on Twitter, A-Law Radio, or on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, who are the worst teams in sports history? Producer Manny is working with us in place of Jay, who's off all of this week. So, Manny, what do you think? When I conjure up images of 27 consecutive losses, worst teams in a row, who are they? Worst teams in a row. Worst teams ever. Uh, Well, I mean, the Sixers going through the process were awful. I do remember the New Jersey Nets were awful as well when I was growing up, much to my delight. Oh, the Bobcats. You remember the Bobcats? Oh, I forgot about that nickname. It took me forever to get used to Bobcats and Hornets and Pelicans and... Oh, yeah, the Pelicans. Oh, my. Yeah, no, I think think the Bobcats, I think that team either already had Kemba Walker and Michael Kidd-Gilchrist or were about to draft them. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Remember that guy, Amy? I do. I do. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to go with the... Two teams, now this is really difficult to do, the two teams who've ever lost every game in an NFL season, the Cleveland Browns and the Detroit Lions. And yet, look how things can turn around. It takes a while, but anything worth having is worth sacrificing for. And so the first team ever to lose every game in a single season was the Lions. Again, uh, people tell me every year, oh, this team's not going to win. This team's going to lose every game. Nah, it's almost impossible to do, which is why it's only happened twice. 2008 Detroit Lions made history because they lost all 16 games and finished with a goose egg. Since then, it's happened again 
but it very rarely happens. No matter how bad a team is, we know that in the NFL, from week to week, things can get nutso. We've seen some of the best teams in the league get crushed on any given Sunday or Thursday or Monday or Tuesday or Friday or whatever else. And so it's, I tell you all the time. In fact, going back to that second year with the Cleveland Browns, shoot, was it 15-16 with the Browns? I'll have to go back and look. Uh, one of those was the, was the Johnny Manziel year. And I actually made the bet with my producer at the time, I will wear a Johnny Manziel jersey, and I despise that cat. I will wear a Johnny Manziel jersey if they lose every game in a second consecutive season, which they did not. Going back to the Jets a couple years ago. I mean, again, it's really difficult to lose every single game in a season. And so it, I think that those, those two teams have got to qualify among the worst teams in sports history. On Twitter, A-Law Radio. Also on our Facebook page, who are the worst teams that you've ever seen? Who are the worst teams in sports history? Our phone number, 855-212-4227. Manny, do we still have people on the phones? Well, yes, yes, we do. Okay, so we'll try to do that, not try. We'll do or do not. There is no try. Uh, We will do that coming up next here on After Hours with Amy Lawrence from Houston. Tonight and tomorrow night before the big move, thank you for commiserating with me here on CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Call Amy at 855-212-4CBS. 
Who and what are the worst teams in sports history? Man, what goes around comes around. So even if your team doesn't set any type of dubious record like these Detroit Pistons, a lot of times uh, in sports, there are cycles and some are stretched out longer. The learning curve may be more drastic in some cities and in some sports uh, more than others. But we know in the NFL, all you got to do is wait a couple years uh, because half the playoff field turns over every year, roughly half. Uh, Producer Jay and I did a YouTube video to start this NFL season of the seven new teams we believed would be the would be in the playoffs coming up this year. And we certainly are looking at half turning over. Uh, It's maybe not the seven every year, but we don't have very long playoff streaks in the NFL. Uh, And and we're talking about teams that we expected to be there, like the Bengals, like the Bills, right? Those two teams are on the cusp at this point of making the playoffs. The Vikings are on the outside looking in after winning the NFC North last year Uh, in, in, even though we don't have the complete picture, we already know the Giants are not in the playoffs uh, the way that they were last season. So yeah, there's a lot uh, that could end up being completely different from a year ago, even if we do have some of the the stalwarts, right? So the Kansas City Chiefs could end up winning the AFC West again. Uh, in the AFC South, we're not sure. We thought the Jacksonville Jaguars were the team to beat, but right now there's a three-way tie among the Jags, the Colts, and the Texans. And what we know uh, from Doug Peterson on Tuesday is that Trevor Lawrence right now is day-to-day with a shoulder sprain and may not be able to play in Week 17. So we'll let you hear from him coming up a little bit later on. Uh, But speaking of the Jags, Jordan is joining us from Portland and wants to weigh in on these Jaguars. Jordan, happy holidays. How are you? Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm a big fan of your show. Oh, thank you, Jordan. I've been able to call. Are you off on holiday break right now? Yes. Oh, cool. It starts back up in a couple weeks. Oh, so can I ask, uh, what grade are you in? Um, seventh. Perfect. How do you like junior high? Uh, it's cool. I'm actually homeschooled, but we still do the classic school conversation thing. Yeah, absolutely. Very cool. Well, good, good to have you on the show. I'm so glad you could finally call. What do you think about the Jaguars? I was just thinking that a couple years ago, I don't remember exactly how long, they were really bad and their ownership was <laughs> a mess. Yes. Are you a Jaguars fan or are you just a huge fan of the NFL? I'm just a big NFL fan and Seahawks fan. Oh, okay. How are you feeling about them right now? I'm thinking we're looking good. We've got two winnable games coming up. Mm-hmm. Just hoping the Steelers don't come and break all our cha- break our hearts. Oh, are you that invested? I'm <laughs> uh, not really invested. I didn't bet or anything, but I'm really hoping. Gotcha. No, no, don't bet. It's first of all, it's way too early to get into that habit. Second of all, maybe you have more money than me because I I know my nieces, they're really good at saving money, but you need to save that money for what's to come. Yeah. So the Steelers and the Cardinals uh, coming up on the Seahawks schedule. And right now, no Kenny Pickett. 
at least we think, for the Steelers. They're going to have Mason Rudolph take all the first-team reps this week in practice unless Kenny is somehow magically able to get back out there. So that helps at least for that Seahawks defense to not have to face the number one quarterback, uh, but cannot trip up in week 18 against the Cardinals because their game, they'll fight hard, even though that's a game the Seahawks right now need to win, I think, just to be sure they don't squander those playoff chances. Yeah, the Cardinals are going to fight hard just because we're division rivals. Exactly. My goodness. Well, that's so much fun to talk about the NFL on your break, right? It's cool to have football and uh, not to necessarily have to go to school the next day after a late game, right? Yeah. (laughs) What other sports do you like or other teams do you like, Jordan? Um, I like the Seattle Mariners and the Portland Trail Blazers. Oh, they had a tough loss tonight too, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Well, so I'm looking at the Jaguars' schedule because I wanted to make sure we underscored the point that you're making about how they were a pretty gnarly team. Going back to 2020, they were 1-15, and 15, right? So that was the last year, the last year under Doug Marone. So they were 20, uh, or they were 1-15 in 2020. And then they end up drafting Trevor Lawrence. So that's kind of the neat thing about the NFL is that if you're the worst team in the league, you end up with that high playoff spot and you can change things. But then it came the Urban Meyer year and they were three of 14. And that one was a really terrible hire for the Jaguars at coach. And so it kind of derailed that next season. So you are right. They've had some scuffles in their history. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show. I think I better go back to sleep before mom catches me. (laughs) Oh, don't let mom catch you. But you call us any time before you go back to school, Jordan. Bye, I will. Will do. Okay. Happy New Year. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, producer Manny, that was fantastic. Can we please have more junior high kids on the show? You're going to have to tell Producer Jay. You're going to have to ask him that. I mean, I, I'll screen them, and I'll put them on the board for you, especially if uh, especially if they sound as, as uh, uh, you know, <laughs> as smart as Jordan does. That kid really knew his stuff. Yes, eloquent. Uh, said he has to get back to bed before Mom catches him. That is I completely awesome. Understand. I love it. It's very clandestine. Uh, Dave is listening in Miami. Dave, welcome to After Hours CBS Sports Radio. Uh, good morning, Amy, uh, and congratulations on your nuptials. I'm Thank a little you. I'm a little older than your previous caller, but uh, <laughs> the, the 1974 Tampa Bucks went 0 and 14. 76. I beg your pardon. 76 Tampa Bucks went 0 and 14. The reason I know that I, I did some work with the Shula organization, and yeah. one of their players, Larry Ball, played on the perfect season Dolphins in '72, and then the 0 and 14 Tampa Bay Bucks in '76. Right, so if you actually look at those two, so it, funny enough, I'm, I swear I'm getting a tweet about it at the exact same time that you are talking to me. Uh, but yeah, the beginning, uh, because this was when they were they were added to the NFL, right? The expansion franchise. Um, they they had two really terrible years, and. I mean, maybe the only thing to come out of those older Tampa Bay teams is the uniforms, the creamsicle uniforms. Do they have them then? Do you remember? Yes, and they had the great coach, uh, John McKay, when reporter asked about his team's execution, he said he thought it was a good idea. 
That's awesome. If only we could combine today's Buccaneers with the creamsicle uniforms, I would feel as though uh, they'd struck it rich. And actually, they are in a good spot now. They've won four games in a row, and they are wanting to give Baker Mayfield a long-term deal. How about that? Something I never thought I'd say about Tampa Bay, but they want to give him a long-term deal. So, oh, how things have changed. They've got the two Super Bowl wins now, one with Tom Brady, of course, uh, one going – and, well – both times they won the Super Bowl has been because of their defense. Uh, but, yeah, certainly a, a dubious start to their history. That's a good one. All right, Amy. Thank you for taking the call. Thank you. Happy New Year. It's After Hours here on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. So 0-14. Now, this is going back to the mid-70s when the when you had the West Division. So it was the AFC West, weirdly enough. Uh, but they go 0-14. The following year, they go 2-12. So that's 1977. And by that time, they're in the NFC Central. So they go from the AFC West to the NFC Central. They're in the NFC Central all the way through the early 2000s when they switched to the NFC South, where they currently reside. So yeah, they, they spent one season in the AFC and the NFL decided, nope, that's not going to work. And and this goes back, the beginning of their franchise goes back to when there were five teams in each division. And so it's uh, it was a different time, and it was obviously before the expansion of the regular season. But they first joined the NFL in 1976 in the AFC, then moved to the NFC, and it did not matter because they lost – uh, gosh, two dozen plus games in a row to begin their start. Ooh, you had to be a diehard or just really love the creamsicle uniforms uh, to be on board or to appreciate Tampa Bay. Uh, so thank you, Jason, for that tweet. So either on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on my Twitter plus our Facebook page, The Worst Teams in Sports History. And we'll get back to your phones. We'll stick with the phones as long as you want to weigh in. 855-212-4227. That's 855-212-4CBS. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Nets looking to take their first lead. Bridges on the left. Drives cut off by Cunningham. Spins back right. Fadeaway dotted line. It rolls in for Mikel Bridges. And for the first time tonight, the Nets have the lead. They've come back from 14 down here in the first half to take a 39-38 lead. Bridges handling up top. A chain of defense. They move it left. Cam Johnson pump fake. Cuts left down the lane. 
Pass to the corner. Finney Smith a three. It's good. Oh, a huge three for Dorian Finney Smith. A five-point lead for Brooklyn. Timeout with 38 seconds to go. And he missed them both. Now you got to move up. And then they just threw it away. Alec Burks tried to get a quick outlet pass to Ivy, and it just it went over Ivy's head, and so that puts an end to anything. Holy moly. So the Brooklyn Nets get the win, and the Pistons fall short once again. 118 to 112 is our final. Um, to have a start like that and then kind of let it go in the second quarter, I mean, that, that was the quarter that, um, you know, put us in the hole as a negative 13, and I think we had six turnovers in that quarter. Um, we had two in the first. You're listening to After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Call Amy at 855-212-4CBS. Monty Williams, the head coach of a team that has now lost more games in a single season than any other team in franchise history. That is the Detroit Pistons. And you hear the calls first on Nets Radio. They, uh, excuse me. They actually had a 14-point lead over Brooklyn, but according to Monty Williams, the issue is then they started turning the ball over there in the second quarter, and they went from being up 14 to down, I think it was 7 at halftime, and once again, losing is all we've known about these Pistons since their home opener in late October. In light of that, we're asking you, who and what are the worst teams in sports history? Because these Detroit Pistons of 2023, soon to be 24, maybe, uh, they definitely qualify. It's After Hours on our Facebook page. Also, After Hours CBS on Twitter. Uh, your, our CBS Sports Radio Twitter. You can find us there as well. A seventh grader from Portland just called to say he's a big fan of the show and to answer with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who, yes, uh, won all... Let's see, won all of a single game in 2020 that led them to Trevor Lawrence. But even after that, the Urban Meyer experience, experience, the Urban Meyer experiment blew up in their faces. Man, back to the drawing board there, right? I'm thinking of a science experiment that blows up the lab and gone horribly wrong. Uh, And so that was Jordan's answer to the question. We've also had a few more of you weigh in on Twitter and Facebook, and we're taking your calls as well, 855-212-4CBS. It's a good thing I remember that number finally after 11 years. Can you guys believe that? Excuse me. (coughs) I can't turn off my mic because I'm in the super secret home base. And so for that reason, you just have to hear me cough. But can you believe we're wrapping up 11 years? Oh my gosh. All right, so we're going to go back to our phones here because I know Manny is mining them. Mining them or minding them? Minding them. Steve is in Texas. Welcome to After Hours CBS Sports Radio. Hey, how you doing? Uh, congratulations on your nuptials. Uh, that's fantastic. But uh, I got to talk about my Cowboys. I'm a huge Cowboy fan. But, man, that 80, I think it was 89, Troy Aikman's inaugural year. They went 1-15. <laughs> but the one game they won was against the Redskins, man. And that was sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the euphoria of that one win? 
Oh yes, uh, definitely. Uh, that was fantastic. Uh, yeah, man, the, the, fa- the looks on the faces of the Redskins fans in the stand because it was in Washington that they won, and it, it was just it was just phenomenal. I, I couldn't believe it. It was great. <laughs> All right, I'm looking back to confirm the year. Yes, one and fifteen in 1989. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then Troy Aikman bounces back and wins, you know, multiple Super Bowls. So, right, of course, I mean, it, what a comeback player Troy Aikman was. I mean, and it he, wasn't he, that he was long. Great. Yeah, 92 and 93, and then again in 95. So, right, three-time Super right. Bowl winner, which is why he's still a huge star. Uh, but yeah, it didn't take that long for them to turn it around. And actually, after that one in 15 season, they had a seven and nine campaign. But then in 91, they go 11 and five. Then they go 13 and three, 12 and four, 12 and four. And in 94, uh, in between Super Bowl wins, they lost in the NFC Championship. Those were such great rivalries with the Niners. And then back in 95 to win another Super Bowl. Yes, uh, fantastic. It was a great turnaround. But, but yeah, that 89 team was the most disappointing team in my life. I don't know about the worst team in history, but it was the most disappointing team. So now does it feel like that was yesterday or a long time ago? Oh, feels like a long time ago. My God, I'm 60 years old, and and uh, that that was in my youth, you know, and and uh, it, it 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 just brings back such fond memories, especially of the comeback and and winning the Super Bowls. You know, just 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 year, just a few years later, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they became a great team. And Jimmy Johnson was, I believe, in my opinion, the greatest football coach in the history of football is Jimmy Johnson. And you can argue that point with a bunch of other coaches, but at the same time, Jimmy, just for the fact that he turned that team around from the dismal 89 year to the great team they became, it just made him a a fantastic and great coach. Well, and a Hall of Famer, right? So he's got his due. And I just love the way that he wears his heart on his sleeve and his perspective now as someone who kind of looks back and understands like the, the role that he played, but also how fortunate he was to be part of something so incredible in Dallas Cowboys history. Yes. Uh, I mean, it, you know, and then when he was fired by uh, Jerry, uh, you know, and then replaced with a Barry Switzer who comes in and wins the Super Bowl on the on the on the coattails of Jimmy Johnson. Uh, uh, he, he, you know, uh, did what he could, and 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 God bless Barry. I, I love him. He was a fun guy, but at the same time, he 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 rode the coattails of Jimmy Johnson and won that Super Bowl uh, with the Cowboys on uh, Jimmy Johnson's coattails. How are you feeling about this team after the back-to-back losses? Man, it went from the highest of the highs beating the Eagles to now wah, wah, wah. Well, uh, they should have won that game. They, uh, you know, they, if you got to play against the refs and the other team, then, uh, you know, it's really hard to win. And uh, the call against Parsons uh, late – was uh, was ridiculous that that was not roughing and it ended up co- uh, it costing them a touchdown and uh, that was a difference in the game the Cowboys should have should have and, and would have won that game without that bad call I don't ever blame referees or officials for games because they're 60 minutes and players have more than enough time to be able to um, 
overcome a bad call here or there. Uh, but I will say this, they have way too many penalties, as good as they can be, and they're so good at home. Uh, it's a huge home field advantage. It does bother me still the penalties that they get. Yes, uh, you know, they're way over-penalized. Uh, you know, the refs, God bless them, you know, they're doing their job. <laughs> you know, so anyway, uh, the Cowboys are best team in the league at home. And uh, hopefully they can win out and, uh, and, and, and get a home game or two in the playoffs and, uh, and go far in the playoffs. But I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. All right, Steve, we'll see whether or not they become the new version of the Sixers and get bounced to the second round again. Thank you so much for your phone call in Texas and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, too. God bless you. Thank you. Let's talk to Robert, who's in Detroit. Robert, welcome to After Hours CBS Sports Radio. Good morning, Amy. I don't know your last name now, but congratulations on your wedding and everything. And I, Thank you. I want to get, I, hey, what's your last name now? Is it Lawrence, Lawrence slash what? No, it's not. It's not slash anything. My name is remaining Lawrence for professional purposes because I've been using it now for tw- twenty five years it. of my I career. <laughs> hey, hey! If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Make it make sense. <laughs> there you go. Hey, Amy, it's a pleasure to talk to you, and I mean it sincerely. I've been listening to you for years, mm. and I'm, you are a very professional lady and know your thing. But what I really call for. I got two subjects. It would be the most beautiful thing to see the Browns and the Lions in the Super Bowl because those are the two original franchises that never made it to the Super Bowl. We ain't talking about Jacksonville. We ain't talking about the Houston, Texas, whatever they is, because they moved to New Orleans or, or Tennessee or Nashville or whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, a real so- note. Okay, so that's so that's one thing. All right, I think I think there's a lot of sentimental value to a team like the Browns having success because they've been highlighted and scorned and criticized and uh, laughed at. They've been the butt of many NFL jokes for years. So I agree with you there. There'd be a and lot so of teams. Have the Lions, and so yeah, have the they Lions have. Too. You're right. Don't get it twisted. But the new laughing stock is these dang Detroit Pistons. This is not funny any further. This is ridiculous for NBA team professionals to lose this many games. We are sick in Detroit about this. This is not funny mm. on any levels. And I'm going to tell the nationals, national people, it's not funny here in Detroit on any levels for a proud franchise of us. With the Isaiah Thomases, right. John C. Billups, the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. It's not funny. For them to be this terrible is not funny. Or and what level. what should they do? And say, oh my God, Kay Cunningham scored forty one points tonight. Eight of four, forty points in the last two games. I don't even know the solution. I swear I don't. It is mm. just bad here. It is bad. I wish I had the, a solution, or else I would have the GM's job. It is terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. And I mean that for real. It, 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 a proud franchise, and we are proud people here in Detroit of our teams. But when it gets to be ridiculous, it ain't funny. 
I appreciate your phone call, Robert in Detroit. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you. I know right now it's tough with the Pistons, and I would agree. It becomes uh, becomes something that wears on you, and I think for the team too, uh, right, because they're the ones who are walking through this, and it's never as simple as one solution, right? There's never a, uh, one simple fix or easy answer to this, uh, and it really is a culture issue. The Pistons have fallen on some really hard times. They've had changes in leadership, some poor choices about leadership. And I, I'm not including Monty Williams in that. But yeah, a lot of it too is it can be mentally and physically exhausting. Just the, the losing that wears on them and feeling like no matter what they do, they can't break through. So when they finally win again, because they will, it will feel as though they've claimed another NBA championship and that monkey will be lifted off their backs. We're halfway through. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 